You are listening to Damascus Crossroads. From Central Kentucky, welcome to Damascus Crossroads, a podcast for those who are seeking healing from addiction. Your host, Tim Altman, will be having real conversations about how the power of Jesus Christ can break the chains of addiction and deliver anyone from this bondage. If you are at the crossroads of your life between continuing a life of affliction from addiction or living a life of freedom, you've come to the right place. May today's message be your Damascus moment and open your eyes to renewal. Hey everybody, this is um, Tim Altman, your host for the Damascus Crossroads podcast. I want to wish everyone out there a happy 2024. I hope we all um, are keeping our sobriety. Nobody went out there and hung out with the devil for a night to celebrate the new year. We celebrate the new year with Jesus by staying sober, going to bed early, and uh, I hope Nate, I hope this year I continue to grow. My my New Year's resolution is to uh, try to get my body back in shape a little bit. Um, and on the spiritual side, I just try to grow spiritually um, with Jesus Christ, and uh, just try to be a better person. Um, cut cut different you know sins out of my life that I'm having you know problems with issues, and uh, just become a better person, better Christian. Uh, try to help people minister. Um, I want to go back to the book of book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, you have Paul. He has been taken in front of King King Agrippa. He would be the, uh, I think, would be the son of uh, Herod. Um, the Herod. The Herods were a long line of Jewish kings. Uh, they were they were Roman trained. Um, some people even say they were half Roman. I don't know. Um, they were the Jewish kings. They pretty much subjected to whatever the Romans told them to do. Uh, but they also got to go out and do their own murders and taxations and and act like kings. Um, uh, so King Agrippa would would be uh, would be Herod's son. Now this is the same Herod that, in the search for Jesus, went out and killed all the um, children in Bethlehem under the age of two. So uh, he's a real murderer. Um, so Paul's speaking to him. Paul's in chains. Um, he's been captured. Uh, his only crime is preaching the gospel. Paul Paul is laying out a case for Jesus in front of uh, King Agrippa. And um, King Agrippa is also the one that uh, beheaded James. Um, so he's not a very nice character. He doesn't like Christians. But he he seems fascinated by Paul. Uh, Paul was a very scholarly man, and he's laying out this case for Jesus and um, trying to explain to King King Agrippa, um, you know, the case for Jesus like like we try to explain to people. And um, so he lays it all out there, and uh, King Agrippa, he looks at him and said, Almost, Paul, you almost had me. And... Uh, I think to myself, you know, almost he almost led you to eternal life, to 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 salvation, to eternal life in heaven. Um, man, can you see King Agrippa now in hell saying, "Almost, Paul," you know, just flames leaping up around him, burning up. Almost, you know. Um, seems like sometimes we witness to people, and you see that light go off, and, and you see they, you see them like they're almost really wanting to. To give up their sins and 
and and and turn their life around and then something stops them and, and i know what it is a demonic influence uh, or it's that man inside them that, that's too prideful to, to bend that knee uh, think they can do it on their own and, and and they look at you and they almost say almost and i don't want to be almost um there's a stories i talked to a missionary he was in africa and he told me a story about young pup elephants they would um stake them down to next to their moms take a stake driving in the ground put the rope around their around their leg um so you know the first couple months of its life that young elephant he goes around he he pulls on that stake lifts that leg up and he just can't he can't do nothing with it so he circles around and around plus he's looking at his mom over there and she's she's roped off to another tiny stake like his and i guess in his mind he finally accepts the fact that he's not going to pull that stake out of the ground and um so you know they as he gets older they take him out and they'll 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 tie a rope around his his front leg and he'll pull out roots trees up big trees with roots and all straight out of the ground all day long he'll go out there pulling that jungle up like a dozer and at night they'll lead him back to that little stake in the ground and they'll they'll tie him to it and now of course we all know he could just lift his leg up a little bit and tear that stake on the ground but in his mind he he can't give up he can't he can't beat that little stake there he's he's done tried he's done defeated and um you know sometimes i parallel that in the life of you know us as, as we are born again we we want to hang on we're, 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 the, every time we get away from the devil and we start doing good he'll drag us back to that little stake that little stake in the ground there that and, and even though we move, we might be out there working for god and tearing up a whole jungle with our front legs ripping trees and roots out of the ground that little stake that devil will drag us back to that little sin in our life and um he, it'll hold us back from from great from greatness and uh you know we just can't give it up you know whether it be alcohol whether it be porn whether it be being mean um being um uh, prideful um you know it, it's sin there's just that one sin that we all want to hold on to uh some of them are worse than others but in god's eyes they're all sin um and the devil will lead us right back there and he'll 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 tie us right to that little stake and and we'll just look at it and we won't even lift our leg to try to pull it out of the ground we'll just sit there defeated and um that's one thing i want to talk about y'all tonight is um don't be an almost um it's like jesus said if you're going to be be it just go all out um if you're lukewarm i'm going to throw you i'm going to uh spit you out of my mouth so um that's kind of my thing tonight um you know, it kind of reminds me of the um, Exodus, where where Moses he goes in front of Pharaoh and he says, um, you know, free my people, you know, and uh, and of course, the Pharaoh said, no, I ain't freeing your people. So, you know, and Moses and, and God rained plagues down upon him. And, and what do you know when 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 the devil knows he's defeated, he starts making deals with you. And I noticed that when I went to rehab, the devil he started making deals with me. He, you know, he he said, "Just go ahead and drink." And uh, um, and I'm sure y'all know what I'm talking about. You start making deals with yourself. You know, I just do a little bit of meth or or dope when I, you know, on the weekends I have a little bit stashed back. Maybe once a week I'll do it. You know, you, the devil because he knows you defeated. Once you find Jesus, he he can't beat you, but but he'll try to make a deal with you. And um, and you know, you start making deals with him, and um, you know, I'm just lucky. Uh, I woke up to it. Um, the first time I got saved, born again, um, the Holy Spirit came into me. 
Um, I was doing really good, but I started, I started, I, I, I did almost, I didn't want to let go of my pride. I didn't want to go to church, fellowship with other Christians. I thought reading the Bible was enough, but in the end I quit doing that and just got by on what I remembered of the Bible. Um, I thought I could go out, thought I could drink beer, chew tobacco. Um, you know, I didn't try to, you know, I wasn't really trying to improve myself none. I thought I was already perfect and not perfect, but I thought I was good enough. I was almost there and, and what being almost will get you. Is right back with the devil, and you'll be all in. And the thing I don't understand is is why do we want to give up 90, 95% of the sin and then hold on to that one sin or them two sins in our lives that kill us? Um, well, There's going to be a lot of people that stand in front of God that, you know, on Judgment Day and almost, they're almost going to make it to heaven. Um, You don't almost make it to hell. You get to hell, you're in hell. He, and the devil don't care if he gets you to hell by a country mile or, or, or by the by the nose by the by the nose of a, a racehorse. He he don't care by an inch or a country mile. He, he, you're in hell. You're in hell. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You were almost. Um, so I'm doing a little preaching today. Um, something that the Lord laid on my heart to tell y'all. So anyways, then you know the Pharaoh. He he started he started wanting to make deals. You know and he said, I'll tell you what, you Jewish men can go, but leave the women and children and, and all the animals and your and your silvers. And Moses said, no, we ain't doing it. We're taking everybody. We're not going out of here. Almost. We're taking everybody. So eventually after enough plagues and all the bad things happened to Pharaoh, he just get out of here. He told Mo, take everything, take everything, you know. And, um, of course, God led him out of um, Egypt. Um, of course, Pharaoh, he... Uh, just like, you know, he, he started chasing them down, just like the devil starts chasing us down. And and God all God parted the Red Sea, got Moses across all the people, and then, then crushed, the, crushed the devil down. And what do you know, after all the miracles and all that happened, they almost made it to the promised land of Cain. Uh, you know, God told them to go in and take take their land, and, and they just wandered around in the wilderness. Um, That's kind of what, what I want to get into tonight is, is where we wandering around in the wilderness right now. We we in rehab. We're about ready to get out. We we just got out, and we're wandering around in that wilderness. We we we're, we're not going all in. Um, we're messing around in dangerous territory. Um, you know we're not doing what God said. God God told the Jewish people to go, to go in and take your land. Told Moses, but they wandered around, and Moses struck that rock. And God, you know, after that, you know, they that whole generation passed away without seeing the. Um, I think one of them seen the promised land. Um, a few of them, but most of them died out in the in the wilderness. Um, you know, we don't want to die out in the wilderness. We, you know, I'm I'm going all in for the Lord, and it's the only way. Um, I don't want to get up to heaven in in here. Almost, Tim, you almost made it, uh, but you wouldn't let go of that. You know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't shut your mouth. You, you know, you said mean things to people. You had unforgiveness in your heart. You know, um, if the devil has it. If he has that stake in your heart, that place where he can drag you back to and, and chain you back up, no matter how small that sin is, and um, he can break you. He can keep you chained up there forever. And even though you're almost, you know, you're almost there, he's got you chained to that little sin just like that elephant, chained up to that little stake. And, all, all you know, the devil can't keep you there. All you got to do is lift that front leg up and tear that stake out of the ground and, and, and stick it in the devil, you know. Uh, he can't stop you, you know. He's a liar. That's what he is. Drugs are a lie. They're, they're they're counterfeit to what God can give you. It's all. It's the best the devil has is his dope. 
that that's the best high, the best thrill he's got. Um, you know, there is people out there that just plumb serve the devil. They ain't into really drugs. They're into hallucinogens, mushrooms, but they really, honestly, uh, they actually, been, you know, as drug addicts, we don't know what we're serving. We're unwillingly serving the devil. I'll tell you that for a fact. Um, <laughs> there ain't no lie about that. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, if you're out there doing nice things for your mom and you're living in the world and you're going out and doing soup kitchens, you know, you don't really know you're doing it, but you're doing nice things for the Lord, you know, it'd be good then, you know, but still deeds will not get you to heaven. You got to, deeds are good. Don't get me wrong. And James says in the book of James, show me, I'll show you my faith through my works. So works are important as a Christian, but you know, the main thing is, is a lot of things, a lot of time as a Christian, it's not, it's not what we, it's not what we, um, not so much what we do as a Christian as what we don't do. Uh, that's important. Um, works are very important, but what we do, what we say is more important. I, I've learned, um, you know, it's not, it's not a, a set of scales up there or anything like that. Uh, cause once we ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins and, and we do it remorsefully, um, you know, you can't just be joking around laughing. So Lord, forgive me, you know, and then, you know, have a joint in your, watching porn and, 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 and drinking some whiskey and, and snorting a line and, and saying, Lord, forgive me, you know, and laughing that, that, that ain't, that ain't going to cut it. Um, you know, you got to have godly remorse for what you did. Say you're sorry. Um, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, um, if you come home and, and tell your, tell your wife that you love her, but, um, you got, you know, you got a girlfriend named Susie, you know, that you love too, you know, what good's that do telling your wife that you love her uh, when you got a girlfriend, Susie, you know, in the office? I, you know, that, that's kind of like um, when you commit sin and then, and then, you know, you think you're a Christian and you know what, it, it's, it doesn't mean anything, um, you know, or, or, or you come home and tell your wife how beautiful she looks while you've been out having an affair with her, uh, with a secretary or some lady down at the bar, you know, it don't mean nothing. Um, that, that's the same thing. Um, when you're out there sinning and you're saying, and you know, you get to the point where I'll be honest with you, people, uh, I got to the point where, where I tried playing that game. It didn't last very long. I got to where I didn't even say sorry to God anymore. I just kept sinning. Um, and then I started making up excuses for my sin, uh, why the Lord wouldn't get that mad about it. Um, then we got to understand is this, Jesus, the Lord, God, they're, they're, the, they're the king. He's the king of the universe. He's the king of everything. He's laid down laws in the Bible. You know, I get a lot of questions. Um, Tim, what do you think about this? What's the Bible say? You can Google what's the Bible say about, um, you know, living with somebody before you're married. Google it, you know. Um, what's Jesus say about marriage, you know. Google it. Um, what's he say about, you know, what's Jesus say about uh, hatred? Google it. It'll pop up. Uh, what, what's Jesus say to do to your enemies? You know, Google it. It'll say, you know, pray for them. Uh, pray blessings upon them, um, you know, earnestly. You know, what does it say about marriage? A man and a woman, um, you know, to cleave together and become one, you know, and not to leave one wife, you know, not like the Mormons and have 20 wives, you know, that ain't right. That ain't biblical. I, I don't even see, sometimes when I look at the Mormons, I don't want to get into like talking bad about other religions, but how did they even can, can get that when Jesus said, Jesus said a marriage between one man and one woman, period. And you're not supposed to divorce. You're not supposed to separate. You're supposed to stick with them, you know. That's my marriage counseling for anybody out there. Just hang in there. Um, Y'all going to, you know, husband and wife are going to fuss at each other. It's just, 
it's just the way we are. Um, you know, you got to love them, hang with them. Um, you know, if they're, if they're driving you crazy, you got to admit they're, you're probably driving them 10 times more crazy. So, um, you know, I know when I was an addict, you know, I'm, I drove my wife crazy. Um, not in a good way either. So, um, you know, we, we got to remember that when we go back to our families, you know, whether you're going back to your wife or, or, or if you're going back to your wife and you're coming off and, and, and you got to admit, they're going to have a little animosities toward you. They're not going to trust you. You can't blame them. You know, I had a family member ask me, um, well, I had a couple of people ask me, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, they think I'm full of it. You know, I had one of them straight up asked me and said, how, how do I know you just ain't full of it? You know, they hear me talking about Jesus and, and that's a fair question. Uh, how do they know? Um, you know, I'm hoping they know by uh, the way I live my life, you know. Uh, you know, this one person was a family member, and, and they don't, you know, I don't pick up a beer. I don't drink. Um, of course, they can tell I'm not on drugs. I'm, I'm fat as a tick on a on a hound dog in the summertime. Um, I don't cuss. I don't curse. Um, I'm a lot, you know, calmer. Um, you know, I hope they see that in me. But, you know, in fairness to them, I don't blame them. I mean, <laughs> how do you all know I'm not full of it out there? You know, and that's how, uh, that's why it's important when we talk about Jesus to people that we live it, you know, we got to live it so they can see it and then they can believe it. Um, and I had a family member, they, they sent them, so how do you know, you know, how do you know the Bible just ain't some big conspiracy theory and, um, you know, um, uh, you know, just it made up and, you know, I just felt like, boom, you know, I was just like, I was took him back, you know, because like, um, it'd be that's kind of like somebody asked me that is kind of like um asking um somebody's been attacked by a grizzly bear in in Colorado you know and mauled half to death if if uh they believe in bears you know what would happen to me and, and asking this person when he's all bandaged up and bleeding and and crippled up in the hospital to ask me if he believed in bears and and please explain to him why he thinks bears are still uh grizzly bears still exist in the Rocky Mountains you know um <laughs> That's kind of the way I felt, you know. I just kind of took him back. Um, I, again, it's a fair question. Um, you know, I, I had a life-changing event, just like getting attacked by a grizzly bear would be a life-changing event. And, and then, you know, somebody coming asking if you believe in grizzly bears, you know, or, or please prove it to them that there's grizzly bears in the Rocky Mountains. You know, bring them some proof, you know. And you're just like, where do I start, you know? And so that's why I felt about this because, you know, I turned 180 from sin. Um, you know, I quit doing dope, um, quit drinking. Uh, I've seen people quit doing dope, but, uh, you know, I got one friend quit doing dope. He snorts massive amounts of cocaine now. I got another friend quit doing, you know, meth, and he doing massive amounts of marijuana, you know. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, like, bragging on myself, but, you know, bragging on Jesus and what he can do. And, you know, when I quit, it's cold turkey, you know. I, You know, of course, I did do the well-birching for a little bit, but I got off that. I'm I'm no drugs anymore. Um, you know, not bragging. Again, it's Jesus. Um, that's how I know Jesus is real. Um, I, I know it because when I got born again, you know, I felt things. My 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 eyes were open. It's kind of like um, the blind man. He's Jesus cured them, cured a blind man, and uh, they um, the scribes and Pharisees were just going off because he was. You'd think he did it on the Sabbath, and Jesus was getting really popular, you know, and he was talking against the scribes and Pharisees. So they drugged the. Uh, they drug that blind man in, and uh, they kept questioning him, you know, who done this for you? And the blind man said, the man named Jesus did it. How do you do it? Were you blind as a Were you blind as a child? Yes, I was blind. I'm blind. So they kept asking him, and he said, all I know, this is what he told scribes and Pharisees, this is what I tell people. 
All I know is I was blind, but now I can see. Um, you know, that's me. I'm like the blind man. I was blind going around sinning, um, being on my way to hell. And all of a sudden, it was just like that blind man. I had been blinded all my life. And all of a sudden, it's just like all the scales came back off my eyes. And I seen what I seen what I was doing wrong. And I seen Jesus' teachings. And I finally, it's like the voice that I've been waiting for all my life came through. And, you know, I want to tell these people that <clears throat> want me to prove to them the Bible's real. Take, take, um, take a couple hours of your life. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then take take a couple hours, man, please, and read them books of the Bible. And then, if you still don't believe the Bible's real or Jesus ain't real, and and ask them to come into your life, and if you don't feel life-shattering change, come talk to me. Um, we definitely need to have a talk because um, something's wrong with you. Um, you know if somebody just takes a couple hours of their life and reads them two books of the Bible, I think people that can read fast could actually read them four books, probably within four to five hours, read all, all four of the books. Somebody that reads a little slower might take them seven or eight, but you know, what's that for a lifetime of, of heaven, uh, first eternity of hell, um, eternity in hell. People don't even realize how long that is. If, if you had a bird and it picked up a piece of sand, it took it to the moon, dropped it, flew back, grabbed another piece of sand, um, took it to the moon, dropped it. Um, if it got all the sand off the earth and put it on the moon, okay, that would just be the start of eternity. Okay, that's how long this suffering's going on. Put eight hours in your of your life into reading the Bible and, and read that. Please, I'm begging you. Um, I'm not making nothing for it. Um, you know, maybe if you do and, and you heard it from me, maybe the Lord will give me a pat on the back. And, you know, but that still ain't going to get me into heaven if you read that. Um, I got to, like I said, I got issues in my life I got to work on to, so I can get to heaven. You know, I don't want to get up there and hear almost. But I guarantee if you're living out there in sin, you're fornicating, you, you're living on godly life, um, and you ain't, um, there's Bibles everywhere. This country's full of Bibles. There ain't no reason you can't. There's Bibles on your your smartphone right there. 90% of people's got one. All you got to do is punch in the book of Matthew, start reading, or, or, or listen to Auto Bible. You know, I think it's better to actually read the Bible myself because when I read the Bible, I, I developed a picture, like especially when I read John and read about Jesus and just the way he, just the way he was and the way he spoke was just mind-boggling. Um, it was like such a blessing. Um, and then I, you know, I watched movies about Jesus and, and then I watched The Chosen. And man, when I watch The Chosen, it's just like kind of like what I imagine, not not as great as I imagine Jesus to be, but somewhat close versus other biblical stories um I, I like the show the chosen um so definitely um if, if you can watch that go back and, and watch it they're coming out with a new episode um there's one there's one scene in the to chosen um i think it was um james if it was james or no it was john i believe it was john he anyways he, one of them, one of the disciples was kind of crippled and, and handicapped and uh and he he comes up to jesus and he's crying he's he said um and Jesus said, what's wrong? You know, the guy that played Jesus, of course. And because and, this says in the Bible, that's what people get mad about. Some of the things that ain't on the chosen aren't, aren't you know, actual biblical. But, the, you know, I think they do a good portraying Jesus as as the person he was. Um, you know what I'm saying? They, they don't they don't put anything in there that, that's an insult to Jesus or, or hurts him or, or anything like that. It's all good, sweet stuff that, that you can just see Jesus doing. So he, he tells John, he said, 
he said, John, if I healed you, like the people I heal, they, you know, that's the reason they love me. But here you are, you're a testament for me. You go around, you're handicapped and you do the best you can. And, and, and um, your testimony is so much more special than, than someone that I would heal. Um, you know, and it just kind of broke my heart because, you know, sometimes it's, it's the person that, um, it's that person that doesn't get healed. They, like, you know, or that young man with cancer that, that, you know, didn't get healed, but yet he's given his testimony to Jesus, say how much he loves him. That's, man, that's when you, that's the testimony for Jesus right there. Um, so that, that was kind of, um, there's a story about a man that was, that was crippled and he had a, um, this pastor said, who's your best, um, your best attendee at your church, your best, um, member. And he, he said, there's a handicapped man. I forgot his name, but, um, it was Justin Peters. Uh, he had a church somewhere or, um, and, and this handicapped man, rain or shine, only ice would keep him off the road. And he had an electric scooter. He would drive it up five miles one way to go to church. And he had a bumper sticker and a big flag on the back said Jesus and a bumper sticker that said John 316 on the back. And every Sunday people would see him driving them five miles one way to get to that church, you know, rain, snow. Um, like I said, the only time I guess he missed was ice. And, and that was the greatest testimony for the Lord was that person doing that. Justin Peters said. Back and forth every Sunday, people seen that. Um, I thought that was a blessing. It gave me kind of goosebumps, you know. Um, you know, he's in that condition. He could sit around and cry and, and moan and think how bad he's got it, kind of like I did when I got off dope. It felt terrible. Um, my own making, of course. Um, but yet he got up, and like I said, that was the greatest testimony for the Lord. But anyways, I'm going to cut this episode off and uh, say Happy New Year's to y'all. Stay straight. Um so um, that's what I'm doing, and uh, God bless y'all. Love y'all. Um, I'm going to pray for you. Pray for me. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Damascus Crossroads Podcast. If you like what you hear, follow us for more episodes. You can also visit our website by clicking the link in the description below. We'd like to thank Andrew Osinga for granting us permission to use his song The One True Thing on our podcast. If you haven't checked out his music, you're missing out on great praise and worship songs with uplifting messages. May God bless your day, your week, and keep you strong in your faith.